Radio Primavera Sound. Powered by Seat. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Review, the show where two grown men and a young fountain of digital know-how try to make sense of a modern world in which even our old albums are changing. Uh, Johan is benefiting from Spain's newly generous paternity laws, but Marvi is here and fearless like Taylor. Hello, Mar. Hello. I, I really like this introduction. I, I do feel fearless. Keep it, keep it. Do you know someone in, a, in, a, in a, one of our other shows... Uh, bigged me up the other day. They literally said big up and I kind of want to keep it as some sort of thing <laughs> as, as an introduction. Because no one else, you know, who are, when when else am I going to get cool people bigging me up? I, do you want me to introduce you? Say no, because I have not had an amazing, an amazing introduction like you do, but next week I will prepare an introduction for you. Okay, you'll have to say my second name better than I say yours. <laughs> <laughs> I will say Bensi. All right, okay, okay, okay. Uh, behind the boards, we have Rob Roman bringing order to our chaos, and this is Taylor Swift with Love Story. That was Love Story by Taylor Swift, but no, it was not the old version you may have fallen in love to back in the 2000s. That was Taylor's version, uh, which we're going to be talking about today, uh, in the virtual company of the team from Taylor Swift Updates. We're also, well, time allowing, we'll be looking into the return of Hot Girl Summer uh, and cats that do not exist. And cannot exist. It's quite quite sad. Um <laughs> But first, Taylor. Taylor. So, so Taylor Swift, as you will very much have noticed, has been in the news this week uh, because she's released Taylor's version of Fearless, which is basically a re-recording of her second studio album, Fearless, from 2008. And boy, has she been thorough. So basically, it's all the 19 tracks from the platinum edition of the album. Uh, 2010 soundtrack single Today Was a Fairy Tale and six new From the Vault songs that were uh, recorded, uh, sorry, that were not included in the 2008 album, but they come from around about that time. Um, Mark, what did you think? We're, we're going to talk about this uh, in great length, but very briefly, you were very happy about this, right? I am so happy for her and what this means to her, and I'm so into like this whole story that I, I even if you're not like a Taylor Swift fan it she just draws into her like it, it pushes you into the whole story and I'm here for it now we're going to be giving our views on on this later and we've got views we specifically have have lots and lots of views and conspiracy theories but um, I wanted to get some fan views as you know one of the things I really like is talking to sort of obsessive uh, music fans. Well, I like talking to them when they're nice about us, when they're when they're being rude. Uh, <laughs> no. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I don't I don't like talking to them at all. But when they're being nice, and and so Taylor Swift fans are pretty damn devoted, um, and they're so devoted. Not only are they supporting Taylor Swift in her re-recording of her back catalogue, they are trying to make sure you do not listen to the original versions, um, and a few fan bases have been doing this. But the Taylor Swift updates people have been possibly at, at the front, uh, at the front of this. On their Twitter, they've been talking very much about how to not even inadvertently stream the old versions. 
As they should. I, I feel like the, if I were Taylor Swift, I would be so happy my fans are doing all this hard work because she has put a lot of work into re-recording the album. So if people were to stream the old one, it would have no purpose, this new album. So it's like, we now have to really, really focus on the Taylor version's albums, albums we're gonna get and just put the other ones on, on a drawer and never look back. Well, that's basically what they're saying. I mean, this is one of the things I, I, I asked them about, you know, like, are they ever going to go back to the old version? They're like, nah, probably not, probably not. Um, I suppose, to give context, the reason why, I mean, you probably know this, the reason why they're, they're doing this is because um, Taylor Swift, basically, she finished her catalogue, uh, she finished her contract uh, with Big Machine, mm-hmm. did six albums for them, made them loads and loads of money. Um, she then tried to buy back back catalogue they said no and they sold it to someone else who sold it to someone else and Taylor was like right well you do that I'm gonna re-record it <laughs> like an insane person would and and I love her for that well like a, a gatekeep girl boss <laughs> yeah, would exactly. do right I mean it, it did sound a little bit insane but the results have been so incredibly insane the exactly. results are amazing amazing did you know that the first person that came up with the idea of re-recording like the albums um, once they were not on her own hands was Kelly Clarkson on a tweet on 2019? Did she do it or did she just tweet about it? She tweeted like, hey, Taylor, now, now that you have all these problems with your masters and owning your stuff, maybe you should re-record everything. And that was a tweet like from two or three years ago. And and then maybe Taylor saw it and got inspired. But the first person who actually said it was Kelly Clarkson. I was going to say, the first people I knew who re-recorded their back catalogue were Def Leppard. But you don't know who they are, do you? Mm, no. <laughs> Not surprising anymore that I don't know people. can't believe it, the second time Def Leppard had come out. Did you investigate them since we last talked about them? I didn't even know we already talked about them. We did. I can't remember why. <laughs> why they came My up. memory is so bad. I'm but, sorry, Def Leppard. Yeah, you like them. You like them. Well, okay. actually, no, you probably wouldn't. But, um, <laughs> uh, they're a sort of uh, rock band from the eighties. Anyway, I will remember. But uh, and this is far bigger. I mean, Def Leppard are big, um, and I think they eventually gave up on their re-recordings. But this this is massive. So I I was so impressed by this by this their action in in making sure fans don't even inadvertently like there's no second of the old uh, Fearless gets played that I decided to ask the Taylor Swift updates team. Um, about this, and they sent some uh, voice notes explaining what they're doing. I spoke to Yele, Melvin, and Shoib from the Taylor Swift Updates team, um, and I started off by asking uh, the three of them uh, who they are and when they became fans of Taylor. Hello, I am Yele. I am from South Africa, and I've been a fan of Taylor Swift since 2008, when I first heard Love Story. Um, on MTV. It was the music video that was playing and I remember begging my mom to take me to the music store just so we could buy her album. (laughs) So, yeah, the re-release of Fearless has been really nostalgic for me. It's been a love story literally with her for the last 13 years and I'm just so incredibly proud of her and um, yeah, she's blown it out of the water. Hey there, this is Melvin. And I'm from India. I was around 12 years old when I first heard Love Story and I started loving her since then. I remember we used to share her music 
uh, through Bluetooth back in the days. Hello, I am Shweb. I became a Taylor Swift fan back in 2015 during the historic 1989 era. It was when I first watched the music video for Blank Space and Bad Blood. I remember going through her videography one after the other. Each video was so perfect and every song so well written. I truly could not help but fall in love with her music and her personality. She is truly such a talented artist and everything she does is just so inspiring to me. So I asked Yele why she set up the Taylor Swift Updates account. So the um, update account you founded us with on Twitter is actually fairly new. It was only started a month ago, but the admins have had update accounts on Instagram for a while. I mean, I've been running my update page called Must Like Me For Me since about 2016. But then I <laughs> I got suspended and then I started up again. So updating on Taylor is not new for us. We just decided we would start a, a new account on Twitter to really get people informed with regards to the re-recordings and so forth. So um, obvious next question. I asked Yele and Melvin what they thought when they first heard that Taylor was going to re-record her back catalogue. I mean, we fully expected her to do so as she announced her intention to start re-recording ASAP um, back when she promoted Lover in 2019. So it was more a guessing game of when they would she would start releasing them. I mean, the feeling I have with regards to this whole process is I'm just, I'm very overwhelmed because I'm so proud of her because this is not an easy undertaking. It takes a lot of time, effort and passion, not only from her, but from her bandmates and her team and everyone who has been supporting this process. This is just an absolute historic moment that we are all facing, to be honest, because when would you see a artist at the prime of their career having to re-record their old albums that have already gone diamond? diamond certified pieces of work. It is just amazing to me to see how her music is now being reintroduced to a new generation. You know, we grew up with this music and now there's just another generation that's going to be so blessed to grow up with it as well. Not going to lie, I was so excited. And I think the idea of re-recordings was such an excellent move that Taylor thought of doing. But yes, when the excitement comes the fear of failure and any possible mishaps. Because re-recording is such a big deal and none of the stellar stars like Taylor Swift has ever re-recorded. I think Prince did, but his original recordings didn't devalue the re-recordings. But guess who's going number one with fearless Taylor's version? I think she's doing extremely well and awesome and I will be supporting her forever, like for real. More people who haven't heard of Def Leppard. Uh, so don't worry about it. Um, and I asked them, so what did they think of uh, Taylor's version of Fearless? 
I think Taylor did a marvelous job with Fearless, Taylor's version. She managed to find the perfect balance between keeping the essence and the, you know, the emotion of the songs while simultaneously improving them. The clarity of her vocals, the mixing of the instrumentals is just phenomenally done. I think that is the aspect where they improved the original the most. And yeah, I, I just, I feel like I've retrained my brain already by listening to T Fearless Taylor's version on repeat. I can't even remember how the original sound, like I have no need to go back to them anymore. I mean, when I first heard the love story Taylor's version snippet being featured on Ryan's project, I was like, okay, he used the music. And I was like, why would he promote her old music though? Then I was like, oh my God, this is the re-recorded version. As we know that when Taylor recorded her original Fearless album back in the days 2006 to 2008, she was still a teenager and her vocal abilities were still growing. She had a pitchy yet a very beautiful voice. Now, her voice is more bolder and stronger than ever. Like her vocal abilities have enhanced and it has made the re-recorded version more elegant than the original recordings. Like there is a bit of key change in some of the notes as you listen closely. It has made her more and more elegant. I think she did an excellent job in exactly copying her original musical arrangement and also her vocal abilities and enhanced this project. This version of Fearless is truly perfect. She improved vocals and production dramatically. Her matured vocals breathe new life into the already timeless songs and she achieved all this while still keeping the emotion and essence of the original music. I truly feel that the new version is indeed an exact replica of the original. Of course, you can hear minor differences if you nitpick, but aside from that, they are essentially the same. And I truly applaud Taylor for making them as such 13 years later. So I asked them, um, when they decided to give advice, fans advice, uh, to give fans advice as to how to hide the old versions of the Taylor albums and why they did it. So we decided to create the thread because there's a lot of people that would just leave her music on shuffle and then they would not realize that, oh, wait, it is the old version that's playing and not the new version, while they actually want to be supporting the new version. Because they made, she made the um, re-recordings sound so similar, you know, sometimes if you're not focusing, you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. So we just thought, okay, let's provide something to aid fans who um, prefer to consume their music that way. And um, my um, co-admin Melvin will tell you more about, you know, how he made the thread and so forth. Usually, a lot of people use Spotify as their streaming service. So whenever we listen to the music, additionally, we play it on shuffle. Then there is a chance that we might end up with listening to the original recordings. Even though Taylor receives a fair share on her artist royalties, including singing, songwriting and producing royalties. But we also know, even though Scooter Braun has sold her masters to Shamrock, and Taylor stated that he still receives a percentage of revenue from them. So we don't want that to happen. It was Taylor's art, her thoughts and ideas, her creativity, her own money and her story. 
it's not his and never will be this isn't it a real estate property to be negotiated upon and brought without her consent so i thought this idea of creating a graphic and informing the fans about hiding the songs we dropped all the original versions link be- below so that it would be easy for them uh, to hide the old recordings i made the edit and tweeted it hoping this would help fans who don't know how to hide the songs and i think we did a great job with that that they did do a great job have you seen what they've done ma the i saw it because i saw you sharing it and i think they're genius they really are it's like it's this really really simple guide to never hearing them again yes and and i will do it because it it really makes a difference someone even made a website i don't think it's them i think it's someone else they've been tweeting about it a website that enables you to like de-fearless your your collection as well Amazing. so you can just literally go to the website and it, and it will do it for you. like i I, I love sort of how smart some people are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. I mean, this is a damning indictment of me, but I would have no idea how to make a website to do, to do that. You know, but these people are just like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do this. That's how devoted they are. Uh, so you liked it, I liked it, but let's see. Uh, what did uh, fans say? The response has been overwhelmingly positive, not only between, um, you know, amongst fans, but I feel like also um, with the general public, because I've been monitoring comments as an update account. You really have to keep tabs on what's happening and her reviews from publications such as the Rolling Stone, the Guardian, the Telegraph and so forth have been fantastic. Everyone is really applauding her for how well she um, was able to recreate these um, bodies of work and how, you know, how tastefully she has done it and just the passion that is shining through in each and every song. And uh, obviously uh, a very uh, fundamental question is uh, I asked Yele and Shoaib if they thought fans would listen to the new versions of these songs or the old ones. I think most fans will listen to the re-recordings 99% of the time. But, you know, if there's a moment where they just feel absolutely nostalgic, I can see they may be going back to listening to... um, the old ones, once or twice. But you see, we all have her albums. So <laughs> we will probably either listen to those or listen to a illegal version of it. <laughs> Just so that we are not showing support to the new owners. But to be honest, um, Taylor is still profiting off of her old version. So it's not like she's losing, you know. The value in her re-recording lies within the licensing rights of the music, you know, sync requests for commercials and movies and so forth, not really in streams. I think almost all fans will certainly be listening to the new versions. The new versions, though a bit different at times, are still almost the exact replicas of the original and do invoke the same emotions and feelings we felt while listening to the original. The nostalgia is still there. At times, if they do feel nostalgic, they could listen to the older ones, but that isn't necessarily a bad thing, since Taylor still earns from them as well. But I do really feel like fans will stick will stick to the new version since Taylor owns them. 
And my final question for them, you probably guess how this is going. I asked if they would ever go back to the old versions of these songs. As of now, I have not gone back to the old version. I didn't even felt the need to compare the old with the new because I don't think that is right. I feel we have to embrace the new versions for what they are. So, you know, I've not gone back. I don't think I'm going to go back in the foreseeable future. But, um, you know, if there's a day I'd go back, I would just plug in my CD player or use <laughs> a laptop that still has a um, CD um, console or whatever, and I will listen to the copy that I bought 10 years ago. But I'm not willingly going to ever stream the old versions again, unless she ends up owning them, which I still hope is um, in the cards for her because you know it's not only the music it's thousands of pictures of her it's the music videos that she mainly funded it's just so much more and i hope that she can reclaim their ownership one day i mean there are plenty of songs in the new recordings that are way better than the original ones but i feel like forever and always piano version is really good in her original recordings so even if I wanted to hear our old songs, I'll download it illegally to listen to them. Because I don't want to give a single penny to her nemesis. But yes, I'm also a dedicated fan and I'll stream her re-recordings over original recordings. I personally won't ever be tempted to go back to the older versions of Taylor's albums. For me, Taylor's version is the only one that exists of each album. She truly did such a marvelous job with it. Every song invokes the same nostalgia and emotions I felt while listening to the originals. There is no need and many songs on this album, Taylor's version, are far better and much more improved with better vocals in production than they were on the original version. Thank you, Yele. Thank you, Melvin. Thank you, Shoaib. Thank you very much, Taylor Swift Updates. Ma, so on the scale of naught to Taylor Swift update, Updates, how much of a fan are you of, of Taylor? Um, more than a fan because I, I um, haven't done my job good enough to be considered a proper fan like they have done, but... I admire her so much as a professional, as a singer, as an intelligent person, just per se, because she is super intelligent. And and this, I would say I'm an admirer, because I haven't gotten myself to be a fan, because I've done a poor job. I think you'd call yourself a fan. They're all inclusive. Yeah, but I had my misogynistic era in which I didn't like her because of Kanye. Oh, because you're a big fan of Kanye? Yeah. All right, okay, okay. But were you listening to Fearless when it first came out? Yes, yes. I I listened to Fearless, but mainly the singles um, on the radio and when they were everywhere. But when I really got deep into Taylor, um, it was just like one of the Taylor Swift updates um, people said um, in 1989. I got really deep. I remember that album, like... From beginning to end. So can you tell the difference with these new Taylor Taylor's versions of the songs? No. I mean, is there any? There isn't much difference. But. I don't feel there is. Like, obviously there's completely new songs that we hadn't heard before, but the re-recordings, like the new versions, 
I don't know if it's because I don't have like a, an academic education on music or it's just that they're purposely sounding very similar. Well, she, I think she's done pretty much everything she can to make them as similar as before. I mean, she was talking to People magazine. Um, she said she really wanted to stay very loyal to the initial melodies. Um, so we really did try go in and try to create the same but better. We kept all the same parts I initially dreamed up for the songs. But if there was any way we could improve upon the sonic quality we did... I did go in line by line and listen to every single vocal and think, you know, what my inflections, uh, what are my inflections here? If I can approve upon it, I did. But I really did want this to be very true to what I initially thought of and what I had initially written, but better, obviously. I guess I can't, I, I listened to a few back to back and I didn't really notice any difference. Same. I, but I've seen that there's like a few that fans have noticed that I wouldn't have noticed at all. Like a few, like at least one changing You Belong With Me uh, on the lyrics. Yeah, she changed it. Go, go on, tell us. Because I, I think she did it like in like thinking about it like purposefully because now it's she's owning this album and in the original lyrics she said, I'm in the room and it's a typical Tuesday night. And now in the version that she owns in Taylor's version, it's I'm in my room. It's a typical Tuesday night. And there is no way this is chance. Because no. w- th- when you go do something with this precision, it is not chance. And not when you're a tailor. There's nothing by chance. It's, everything is thought out. So I, I, I read an article, I really liked it, about the, the three tiny changes there are to the lyrics. And they were talking about this room, uh, this change from uh, in the room to my room. And they said, this is just brilliant. This is really clever. I didn't quite see it. Why is that so much better? Because it's it's her room now. It's not our room. It's 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 finally her room. Okay. It's my okay. room, my album, my song, my everything. And and she can finally say it. Okay, and there's another subtle change in Superstar. Uh, in the first chorus, she sings So Dim That Spotlight, Tell Me Things Like I Can't Keep My Eyes Off of You. But in the original she says, I can't take my eyes off of you. What do you think about that? Um, maybe that is an English grammar thing, but I don't see like the the purpose on that change. Well, I, I can. I mean, I can explain the difference if you like. Yes, please. Uh, keep. Well, it's like it's between keep and take. It's like she can't keep. Keep is like something you you kind of keep you do many times. You know, she. Can't... Oh, so she doesn't like the love interest anymore. She that she cannot keep, and before she couldn't take. Well, it's like I can't take my eyes off of you. It's like once I can't do it just like once. And then I can't keep my eyes off you. It's like, I, you know, I keep on going back to you, uh, I think. Okay. It's a sort of subtle, subtle difference. <laughs> and the third lyric change you'll be delighted to know was a song that wasn't actually released at the time, Bye Bye Baby. Um, but apparently the version, the demo version, which is called One Thing, has the lyrics, all you, have, uh, all you have is to walk away from the one thing I thought would never leave me, which apparently now goes, and all I have is your sympathy because you took me home, but you just couldn't keep me. Which, I mean, it wasn't officially recorded, released at the time, so I don't think that that's as, as big a thing. But she now has the wisdom of an older woman, so she can change the lyrics to something that it's better, because you just couldn't keep me, and I'm Taylor Swift. So, I mean, this is like really, really classic Taylor Swift. This is, is this her biggest album, or is 1989? I would say it's her biggest, or at least the one that really put her into the music industry and people took her seriously. So do you think she started 
with that with it for that reason yeah yeah of course i think she even said it like fearless is so meaningful and it means so much i'm not gonna start with the first one that's actually titled titled taylor swift i'm gonna go with fearless because it it has so much meaning and and i i agree i think it's a good choice not to do them in chronological order like it doesn't really change anything and and fearless makes sense to be the first one to be on taylor's version see i i read a very interesting uh, article i know you've got a theory about that uh, which said that she's not going to re-record the rest of her catalogue because what's going to happen is basically in doing this and in doing this so well and in fans deciding that the people who who uh, currently own um, the rights are going to resell it to her. I have a theory about that, but I don't want to give it um, now. I'm I'm going to keep on with the silly little things that I loved about this. All right, this. go on, let's have some we silly were... little things that you love. <laughs> because not only did she change a f- just a couple lyrics that people right. wouldn't be able to notice um, except we were crazy and we are so we we noticed but there's also like little stuff that makes you think I'm so happy for you Taylor <laughs> you go I'm I'm so happy you finally own your your own music which is crazy to think that she didn't until now and the first thing that I noticed and other people noticed too is the the last few albums um from Lover on, so Fearless, this re-recording of Fearless as well, um, she doesn't have her name written on the covers. She doesn't need her name. <laughs> exactly. Can't. She doesn't need it because now it's her albums. It, she doesn't need to write her name to own them because she already owns them. And it's like, I don't know, it's just a subtle thing to be like, they're mine. It doesn't matter if it's my name on them or not because they're mine a hundred percent, and I'm I'm so happy she she has this power now. Uh, if you look at the album in Apple Music, if you listen to it as well, it's got this graphic that goes all shiny when you when you listen to it. I mean, other streaming services are available, of course, but, but. Uh, not on Spotify. It doesn't do that. It's this weird thing that Apple Music has started to do. Occasionally, if you look at like some big albums, there's a graphic, and like when you actually listen to it, it go it goes <laughs> weird. Like Justin Bieber did it as well. I, I now will download Apple Music just to see It's that. really good. It's really good. You sort of start listening to it <laughs> to and it goes with, like twinkly. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I'll, I'll show it to you afterwards. Don't, please, don't you worry. Please do because I want to see it. Um, also, just another thing. It's it, just these little things that makes me think she's an, a wonderful human. And she got Olivia Rodrigo, our favorite, and Conan Gray, another singer we mentioned in another episode, um, who are both of them huge Swifties. They have said multiple times they admire her so much. And she got them to um, release the snippet of You Belong With Me before the album was out. So that's a, a huge major thing. Like the snippets were put out in, in small places, but they are they are all so meaningful. And to have them knowing that they admire you so much, it says so much about you as a person and and. And you know it will be very meaningful to them to know that you approve of them in this way by giving them this major thing that it's releasing a snippet of the re-recordings that people are, are so eager eager to listen to. And I don't know, I, it got me emotional to think about all of them being friends and, and, and being happy because I really like Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo and I really like Taylor and knowing that they both like each other, it's, it's amazing. One thing, uh, I'm I'm just gonna drop them all. Yeah. Um. But did you know? Well, did you know that she was crazy? I think you did. But she dropped it. Go ahead. She is 
so uncrazy in many ways. Like, but this okay, she may be crazy, but she's also incredibly precise. I tell you why, and that makes her crazy. That's a very good point. <laughs> I think this is why, like, no one else could do it no. because what she has done is so utterly, brilliantly, totally precise. Like. Most artists do not have the discipline, I don't think. It it it's the conspiracy theory I will oh, explain gosh. later. Yes. Will show you to the point in which she can be precise and that will make her look even crazier than we think she is already. But just the, this little thing that I was going to say now it's that she dropped the album on April 9th. Yes. And the Americans even Write the date um, with the month first and then the date. Uh, uh, yeah, so it would be four slash nine. Four slash nine is the number of albums she now owns out of the ones she has out. So she has nine albums and she owns four. My God. That I, I'm so convinced she has done this thinking because it, it's not way, there's no way it's a coincidence. But hang on, let's go back to your other numerical theory because round about when she released uh, Folklore, did mm-hmm. you not predict that there'd be a new album coming out yes. in, in, in April? I can't remember the actual date. I was trying to listen back. I thought it would be April 13th because she loves the number 13 and she has said it multiple times. It has a lot of meaning to her and she used it in different ways. But um, 4 plus 9 is... 13. Oh my god. <laughs> that is maths. There's no denying. Four plus nine is thirteen. You can argue for whatever oh my god. And she owns four out of nine albums now. And it's gonna keep on going and at some point we will have nine out of nine. But um we're still not there. We will wait. And the last one, and I I I really like discovering this because I saw someone say it on Twitter. Um did you re- do you remember when we first heard love story, um, like the snippet of the new re-recording, and we were so confused it was in, on a nut. We yes, were like, why yeah, would it was, she it, do that? It, I thought it was, it was a little bit cheesy, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, and, and weird, because, I don't know, she hasn't done anything like this, like having her music on movies or, or ads. And now, a few weeks ago, she gave us a teaser from of Wildest Dreams, the re-recording from 1989, the album that we still have to wait to for her to re-release, but we have this teaser. And she did it in a trailer for an animated movie um, called Spirit Untamed. And, and it still keeps on like this confusion, like why is she choosing to release the these teasers this way? And apparently <laughs> it's a big F you to Scooter Brown once again because in the contract it says that if um, they were to use Taylor's songs they they own them but if they were to use them on an advertisement or a movie they would need Taylor's permission or or her to sign something and obviously they haven't done because they don't want anything to do with Taylor and Taylor has previously said she does really want her music to be on on movies or ads or whatever, but only if she owns the music. And she didn't until now. But now that she does, what is she doing? She's dropping the snippets and the teasers on ads and movies because she owns it finally. It's like a child that moves out and decides they are going to eat dessert. (laughs) Yes, yes. Or once you are 18 and you're like, now I'm going to get a tattoo. I'm doing make my parents mad. But I don't look. I don't. I don't want to rain entirely on your parade, right? Okay. And the Swifties parade. But Scooter Braun doesn't own it anymore. Like he sold. He sold these uh, must recordings to Shamrock 
holdings for three hundred million dollars. He is not being bad. Whatever, affected. but he <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right. Frank. No, but he is the bad one, and we know that, and that's not gonna change because when she said, "I don't want this man to own my music," and and she fought like crazy for him not to own it, he didn't say, "Okay, if you're so mad about me owning it, I'm gonna sell it to you for whatever you say or whatever I ask for," and and it would have been peace. But he said, "Oh." I'm gonna be petty as well, and I'm not gonna sell it back to you. So that's what makes him a bad person. That's why we don't like him, and we don't care who really owns it now. He was the OG villain of the story. Do you know who um, who now owns it? Actually, it's Shamrock Holdings, uh, which was a private equity firm founded by Roy E. Disney, and the Disney family remains a sole investor. I didn't know that. Maybe she will get it back, like the the fan said, because she did a that like documentary on Disney. So maybe she's on got on good terms with Disney. Potentially, mm. but so you you think more re-recordings are coming? Yes, <laughs> and you've got a hell of a theory as to yes. why. Yes, and I hope so dearly that I'm correct. Because I've stumbled upon a Swifty that I think has cracked the code, has managed to uncover this crazy person Easter egg that is out. And, and, and to match the level of unhinged that Taylor has is so not rare because Twifties are unhinged as well because they managed to solve lots of them. But when I saw it, and I saw how crazy it is and that it makes sense, I, I was just blown away. So I was on Twitter, and there's this Twitter user called CowboyString1. And he said... Absolutely no connection with you. <laughs> no connection. <laughs> not me, not uh, yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I was this intelligent. Um, he uncovered when the... Exactly, like the date. Well, not the date, but at least the month. Um, the re-recordings are going to drop out and in which order? Because we know it's not chronological order. So these are both very precious information and fearless dropping on April is kind of confirming this theory is correct. Because when he first um, posted this theory, it was February. So he didn't know fearless was going to come out okay, on April. Okay. So um, it's very much possible this is correct. Okay, so... To understand this theory, we have to go back to 2019. Of course we do. Of course we do. Like, imagine how crazy this woman is. Two years ago, she already had everything so planned out, she could leave Easter eggs for Swifties on 2021. <laughs> this person <laughs> needs some medical help. I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but she, she, I cannot imagine how tiring it must be to carry this huge brain she has. Because uh, how? If this is correct, this theory is correct, I, I cannot imagine. Maybe she has a big spreadsheet. Maybe she's a big fan of spreadsheets. Big, big, big Excel. Like very long, very long one. But okay, so... Let's let's backtrack. So imagine it's September 2019. Okay. Taylor just did a cover shoot uh, for Rolling Stone magazine, and its picture is themed with a color. It's like very color theme. It has this red one, purple, blue, yellow, and then um, she then posted the pictures from the cover story on her Instagram. Okay, everything seems normal. Everything yeah. seems correct. Now to understand what the colors might mean, what she's trying to do if she's trying to do something, we have to reference a previous Easter egg. <laughs> of course we do. 
that has already been confirmed because um, Taylor re-reblogged this this theory on her Tumblr. So this means she said it was correct. And that Easter egg said that on her lover music video that was um, that she dropped on August 2019, she gave the album each of her albums a color so in this video in this music video we see her and her love interest in different rooms and each of these rooms has a a color and and by the end of the music video the camera goes back and we we see like this whole house that has um six or seven rooms and and each of the the room is a color and fans were like okay there's as much rooms as albums of taylor And each each color very much possibly so each each room and each color means uh, an album, and the fan that came up with it said so. Taylor Swift, the first album is the green room. Yeah, I can see that because it's new. It's it's green. It's got new and, shoots. That and kind of the thing. cover of the album is kind of greenish, so it makes sense. Uh, then it was Speak Now is purple because she's in a purple dress. Mm, makes sense. Fearless is yellow. Also, mm, it's kind of yellow the yeah. cover, right? Yeah. Red is the red room. Yeah. <laughs> 1989 is blue. Lover, which is the the, the very last one she had, um, uh, is pink, and Reputation is black. And Taylor confirmed. Hang on, she confirmed it by somebody came up with this theory and yeah. Taylor reblogged it. Yeah, that's the exactly. way she confirms her theory. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. So she had, they had the stamp of approval of Taylor. So we now know that in Taylor's universe, each album is a color. Mm-hmm. So when she um, said, uh, we said that she had this Rolling Stone cover story, it is not crazy to think that um, each color on this cover story is also referencing the this album. Not crazy, no. Not crazy And at all. <laughs> not quite yet. Now, here's the, here's the crazy part. Um, this Twitter user paid attention, wait for it, at the number of words of the captions of each of the pictures she posted on her Instagram of the Rolling Stone cover shoot. What? <laughs> so, so, and and the thing, the craziest thing... <laughs> It makes sense. He came Nothing up, makes sense anymore. <laughs> Nothing that? makes sense anymore. My Because life. He, he, he came up with this on February. And let's backtrack. He didn't know that Fearless would come out on April. And, and he said, the yellow-themed picture, which we know now it equals Fearless, as we said with the Lover um, music video, um, was captioned, it's golden, like daylight. And, and we're gonna count it is as one because it's yeah that's fair enough I'd count that as one and yeah that's yeah four words yes four words April number four is the fourth month of the year Jesus it's true it is I and cannot <laughs> deny April is the fourth month okay and, and 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 then it's like okay maybe that's a coincidence but it it makes sense that the next is gonna be Uh, the blue picture, which was the next one, which equals 1989, which we kind of already know that it's going to be the next album she re-releases because we have Wildest Dreams teaser from the movie trailer. Okay, are you okay, keeping so, up? Okay, so you're right, yeah, yes. And and she captioned, it's blue, the feeling I got. That's six words. Yep. That means we are getting the re-recording of 1989 on June, which is like now. It's like two, three months from now. I'm not ready. Are you saying it's all like it's re-recorded and ready to go? 
I I'm pretty sure 1989 is re-recorded already because um, we have the teaser of a, of at least Wildest Dreams, so it, it means Taylor has already been into it and and re-recording, and and I am also saying that she has a, had this plan for at least since 2019 because she could have she could post the photos of her uh, magazine pictures with um, Rolling Stone and caption it in a number of words that she could let Swifties from today, like the 2021 Swifties, count it and <laughs> discover which month she's going to drop the recordings. Well, I mean, it's very possible because back in 2019, she was. This is when the argument was happening with Scooter Braun and, and Big Machine and trying to get the Masters back. So, yeah, that's very possible. It's very possible. And then you want to know which one we're going to get after 1989? I would love to know which we're going to get. We're going to get red because the third picture is obviously the red one. This is self explanatory. And she captioned, I once believed love would be born in red. That's eight words. So it means we're getting two albums um, on summer, one in June, that it will be in 1989, and one in August already, and it will be Red, which is also a major album that I love. And, and I will not have time to have computed like 1989 recording and then three months from then or two months, I, I will already have um, Red. But that's, that's what... Taylor wants us to do to yeah, be crazy fine. yeah, yeah, and to not have any other job apart from being a Swifty. It's a full-time job and we have to be okay with it because there's no other choice. And finally, the last picture was the purple one, which is Speak Now, um, according to the Lover music video and, and everything. And the caption was, throughout our clothes and our daggers because it's morning now. That's 11 words. So it means by November, we will have Taylor's version of Speak Now. You've come with some pretty amazing theories. This is definitely, definitely one of my favourites. Mark favorites. my words. Mark your words. Get it out in your diary and, and write it down. But what about her debut album? That's the thing that people are wondering. Like I'm wondering. Like if you can uh, have all the it's others. Not a, mm, we don't know it. It's obviously going to be the last. Um, she re-records if she does so I, I think she will because it would be weird to just like leave that one out um but i don't know maybe she will do something extra special because it's her first one or i don't know she didn't have the time to plan when she would re-record it back in 2019 so she didn't leave any easter eggs and that we have discovered at least i just cannot wait to see if this woman is insane enough to confirm this crazy theory because it's crazy and I know it and I'm so sure she can confirm it and I'm already scared of her of her and 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 I will be even more scared because she she's too crazy how what if she wants to she can like be, I don't know what she can do but I'm scared this is a 31 year old woman we need to remember that she needs to rest like please Taylor Swift rest for a while you need to, to to i don't know to chill a little bit she's I, her year has been crazy and the previous year has was crazy as well i i cannot keep up with that much craziness and stuff and work coming out and i'm only 23 i cannot imagine her being 10 years older than me and and being able to do all of this like let at least me rest let me rest i'm tired i i cannot keep up please let me catch my breath i, I cannot but she will not let me 
I reckon she's just got this itch and she's got to scratch it and she's got and then like well, eventually she'll sit down and she'll be like right then those are those yeah. six albums done I'm quite happy but I hope she doesn't retire then because no she's not going to retire I um, not. Let, let, can I bring this back to NFTs <laughs> please no <laughs> it's got to be either NFTs or Daft Punk with me you know if, if uh, do you know what NFT stands for non-fungible token or how about non-fungible Taylor Swift Right, because uh, I'm not just doing this to be to be uh, to be annoying. Somebody, uh, a man called Ben Thompson, wrote a really fascinating article uh, on Stratchetry um, called "Non Fungible Taylor Swift." Okay, and he was talking about the re-recording of these albums and sort of tying it into NFTs in a way I thought was really interesting. And there was a really key line in that because basically the idea of NFTs, as you'll recall, is all about making digital things rare. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what he was saying is that rather than like making this this artificially rare thing, artists should basically realise they are rare. So what he's saying is that basically Taylor Swift is rare mm-hmm. because who can do that? No one. Exactly. Well, one person. One person. Taylor. So she, she's really rare. And so basically, what she can do is she can um, impute value on what she wants. So basically, she is here, and she is basically saying, "You, I'm going to tell you that, like this original version of my album mm-hmm. of Fearless, now has no value, and what I am telling you is my new version has value." And she's managed to do this, even though like these are the old songs that people have been listening to, you know, since since they were teenagers and they were falling in love to or whatever. And she has said, "No, the version that has value." Is the new version, and that's incredibly strong. I can't, but like, I, yeah. I find it very impressive how how she's done that. Because, like, yeah, I for once I agree with something related to NFTs. <laughs> NFTs, great. <laughs> because Taylor has managed that it's not uh, her work that has power; it is herself that has power. So, we, like you said, if she chooses, like, oh, she she can pick and choose what is important, and we will listen to her because. We value more her and what she thinks of now than than her work. So if she decides it's it's not valuable anymore, like you said, and we will listen. And and I don't think many artists can do that. You're right. Also, uh, I want to talk very briefly, sort of musically uh, uh, about the album. Now I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest because we were talking about this before. Like um, I was a really big fan of folklore and Evermore, mm-hmm. but I find country pop quite hard to take so i'm not i'm not dissing taylor in no. in any way um these are obviously like vast 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 massive hits but i found the album a bit a bit too much yeah for me. i cannot imagine how i would take the album if i wasn't a teenager or a pre-teenager when i first heard it um so uh, yeah, mm, I kind of understand that it doesn't have the nostalgic value to you, so it doesn't have as much power as the other people who relate to it because of nostalgia. But do you know what I did love? What? And um, again, this I think speaks to like how you interpret music. Fifteen, mm-hmm. which uh, is a song she recorded. I think she was twenty or possibly nineteen when when she recorded it. So she was looking back. When she recorded originally, she was looking back on like you know just a, a few years ago, um, and the 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 key line: when you're 15, and uh, someone tells you uh, they love you, you're going to believe them. 
I thought the fact that she's singing it now at what, 31? 31 had a real new poignancy. I really liked that because it was like. Um, it was like someone of 31 looking back at someone at 19 who's looking back at someone at 50. And there's probably no difference, actually, in, in the new version. I probably couldn't tell the difference at all, but I just really like that extra layer that it's yeah. acquired, you know? Someone said, um, even though it sounds basically the same, now you can get the feeling that she's talking like a mother would to a daughter. Like, even though it's herself, singing 15 sounds like she's giving advice to this other Taylor, like in a motherly way, and uh, and it's kind of correct. You, you you get the feeling that now, it's not that she's only four years older than fifteen. She's a lot older than fifteen, and and she gives it this kind of advice in in a parental way, more than before. Can you see, I I was in, I was enjoying it. That particularly, I mean, it starts off with Fearless 15 and Love Story, and like, wow, you are not not messing around with this album, mate. <laughs> um, uh, but it was when it got a bit bit further, I found it a bit a bit a bit too much uh, potentially. Um, I I was going to ask like what. Um, so I I very much came on like team team Taylor with with Evermore, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the the album before that, whose name I folklore. Thank you. <laughs> what a swifty you are! <laughs> you cannot remember. Uh, yeah, sorry. Like I can't remember anything. That's not nothing. No, but. we'll forgive you. Yeah. What do you think? Like new fans like me mm-hmm. will, will will make to it? Because I thought like there, there's the 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 new tracks, the kind of like uh, previously unreleased ones. I thought they were going to be going full full folklore, but they didn't really. No, and I, and I wouldn't have liked it. And I, I think she knows that it was supposed to be. How she's done it, and and the people that came to her for the last two albums maybe wouldn't be able to relate as much because, like you said, you you liked her on the folklore era, but that doesn't mean you're gonna like Fearless. But at least it got you to listen to to Taylor um, in a way maybe you wouldn't have listened to. Like I I bet you wouldn't have gone back to to Fearless if if she didn't do the re-recording. Um, now she, you would have just ticked to fol- folklore and evermore, and maybe people discover they even they don't have the nostalgic part. They still enjoy mm, all other Taylor's eras. I mean, I think basically um, what she has has done is brilliant. I was actually arguing with my wife a bit about this, and <laughs> my, she was saying like. Yeah, you know, but like, well, you know, I'm sure her record company put put money into into other acts, you know, that didn't make success. They had to invest in her, and they did, you know, it was with her success that she became really big, which is which is mm-hmm. fair enough. I think she was just trying to argue against me, to be honest. Which is, <laughs> but at the same time, um, I I really think you know, she has every legal right to do this, and she's done it absolutely brilliantly. And I think it's made like. Uh, it's kind of the music story of the year so far, isn't it? Just yeah. someone utterly owning this. And, and like, not even just the re-recordings. She has had the music industry by its neck. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were going to say something else, right? <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> was, my, my double language mind is, is tired today. Um <laughs> and and be, for folklore evermore, like everyone has been talking about Taylor Swift nonstop, and we will not stop at, at least until by the end of the year, and maybe even further, because we will have re-recordings to for life. She's ruled it. 
you know what? We haven't got talk, time to talk about anything else. That's how much we love talking about Taylor Swift. But um, shall we talk... Special edition Taylor Swift full-on episode. Exactly. Mm. Should we talk about Hot Girl Summer uh, ne- next time? Yes, we we will have to. We, we definitely no have way. to. De- and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start looking at the Song of the Summer because there's been a ray of sunshine out and uh, that's how I go. Um, thank you very much to the Taylor Swift Updates crew. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Mar. Thank you, Rob. And we're going to play out with just a very little bit of one of these uh, new, old, uh, previously unreleased songs, uh, which is That's When, featuring Keith Urban. You said I know when I said I 